faction. One, two, three. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. It is Wednesday, and you are here with the boys from the faction. That's right, we are back, and I have to tell you, salute my people. We are all the way up. I got my brothers with me. Gerard Barner, how are you? Hey, brother, how are you, man? Listen, we switched places. We we did. We did, man. You guys did a great job last week, man, so I appreciate it for sure. Thank you so much, and we're not by ourselves. The World Traveler's here with us, Mr. Brandon J. Clark. What's up, everybody? I'm excited to be here. I got a couple haymakers today because I'm sick of both of you. Oh, oh God. Boy. Here we go. Back and I'm sick of both let of you. Me, let me just start by saying this. Clack, I so loved your new T-shirt. Yeah. Like, that ain't, dude, yo, I was shocked. You must have something he's, like pro wrestling tees. He's always on top of merch and things like that. And I was yeah. just like, yeah, man, this is a good look for you. Yeah, it really looked good. <laughs> Our social media blew up. It did, actually. <laughs> And he's oh. silent. I love it. I love it. He, he has nothing to say. He was just so moved. Wait, I I, I didn't hear you. Say it again. <laughs> we were just, just just applauding you on your latest choice of merchandise because uh, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. You always have, like, the fresh new merch, and you really, really blaze and showed our social media as well. I appreciate it. You know, you know that's the problem with uh, people that are intentionally trying to hurt you. They'll, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll put stuff on you. You know, my mom told me, you know, you've made it when people start uh, plastering stuff on you and putting your face in places that doesn't belong. Is that and right? And for you to, to put me in that ridiculous AEW Photoshop, Dean, Dean Ambrose, Dolly Moxville, whatever his name is. Well, it, Dolly Moxville. Here, here's the thing. <laughs> Nobody can prove that it was photoshopped. So yeah, it's we knew you'd looked, say it was photoshopped. Yeah. We, we All I know that. is that Courtney Beard did that. One of you did that. It was evil. And uh, you, I will have my revenge. Why oh, do you have to blame me? Oh, my gosh. That's, that's, your, that's your kind of foolery. That is crazy. Well, crazy. Well, it's been a crazy weekend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We will start with the new father, <laughs> GB. What's up, man? Tell us. Man, yeah. listen, uh, if, if you guys have not heard, of course, uh, Baby Bonafide is here. And um, I have been taking the week off to just kind of adjust to our new, you know, schedule and way of life. Um, I almost put this post up, but I really just haven't had much time to. And the post was going to say, uh, hi, Jackson. Goodbye, sleep. Um, <laughs> because sleeping is just, you know, it's it's not uh, really happening. But the other side of it, which I think is super important, is the opportunity to really be uh, present, you know, for my wife in a support position. Because, you know, delivering a baby is no joke. And so she's in recovery mode. And I'm trying to help with warming up bottles and cooking food and running errands and all those types of things, you know. Um, so, yeah, but I, I just said I, I had to come do this show. Like, I just, you know, all my other shows are kind of off right now. But I, I had to come back because there's so much that's happened in the world of pro wrestling that I, I just can't I just can't not say anything. So, yeah, but the baby's doing great. Baby's doing great. I think fathers don't get enough credit. I totally they're, they're, agree. They're, they're, 
there is work in making the baby. I mean, people think that the making the baby well, is uh, the it, it, it requires it's, work. It's, it's not just making the baby. Like I was actually in the birthing room, uh, right there behind the midwife. Uh, helping my wife. This sounds like deliver. a message from a 2000s women's conference. I was in the birthing room. <laughs> Doesn't it though? <laughs> but it was, I mean, so I, I got to see a lot and help a lot. But I think also, you know, and, and there's a whole nother set of, of things that I've learned from this experience. But I really think that, you know, fathers don't get much credit. And a lot of that I is agree. because, you know, in some cases, they either aren't allowed to be present or they've chosen not to be present. But when a father is present, it is a major gift. And just from the few days, you know, we've been home with our son, I just think to myself, I don't know how a woman does it without a support system because it is so yeah. much Shout out. to do. So I'm just Shout grateful. out Linda McMahon, all the single moms out there. Oh, did you call Linda McMahon a single what? mom? And the world oh is my God. What in the world? So wait, Clack, I want to know, because while I'm over here, you know, having a baby, you're over there visiting your Stamford, Connecticut dad. How'd that visit go? Uh, first of all, before I jump into that, I'd like to say I have had the privilege of being in three birthing rooms. Mm. And they remind me of First Blood Man. No, for I real. Mean, no, oh my God! Real talk. Blood real. Yo, real talk. I, I haven't even begun to <laughs> like, express the things I've seen, but yeah, damn. no, that's real. I, I feel like I've seen a body die and come back to life. Like I said, for real. Oh my God, ain't no way you should be alive. You done lost every ounce of every pint of everything you got. It came all out one end. Serious. It was. All, yeah. I'm, all I'm thinking about is is Dustin Rhodes' face. Yo, and like yep. that cannot be what your son looked like when he Absolutely. came out. Well, here's the thing. Here's the crazy. Doctors handed me them bloody children. I said, if you don't rinse these kids <laughs> off, oh hand me these bloody scary Wait, Halloween babies. So, so did you get? The, did you cut the umbilical cord? I sure did. Okay. I had to saw through that mug. Yeah. That, that umbilical cord, it's not like a noodle. It's not. That umbilical cord got some, got some strength on it. It's real work. And I mean, that, that to me is like the miracle of all of it. Like, this kid, you know, and again, the way that the body was created, for it to know to create an umbilical cord and for, oh, you man. know, for the wife to know, okay, we got a nurse. It's pretty, pretty amazing. But to watch that separation, man, like it's... Yeah, it's real. And then they give you the dullest pair of scissors available. Man, I mean, listen. I'm up there just struggling. Well, thankfully, I was able to kind of get through it fairly quick. They gave me decent scissors, and maybe my time at DDP Yoga is really helping. So, hey, which hey, let hey. me tell you what's funny. So they had my wife holding a towel, and they had us playing tug of war, basically. And uh, the idea was that she'd pull so she could push, you know, that type of thing. And there was one point she's on the table and she's like, give me more towel. And of course, I'm trying to pr provide resistance. And she's like, this is not DDP yoga. I'm like, ma'am, you're having a baby. Now is not the time for joking and laughing. But, right. Uh, yeah, she's, this is not DDP yoga. Give me some towel. Okay. GB, speaking of towel, Brandon Clack took a shot for basketball on whether the him and uh Chris was gonna have another I kid. saw that and Brandon lost and so he owes his family a baby. He does. First so. of all, how did speaking of a towel give you that segue? Can I've been I've been holding that for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great segue. Great segue. <laughs> 
Well, well, over the uh, over the weekend, I definitely went home for a quick family reunion mm-hmm. uh, down at, at the old stomping grounds there in Stamford, Connecticut. Walked up to the front door, uh, looked at Shane, saw Steph, got a chance to hug Vince. It, it was a powerful moment. <laughs> we briefly discussed AEW, mm-hmm. and uh, Vince was letting me know that anytime wrestling hits a low point, you know, sometimes things just get shot out of nowhere. And uh, guys think that they can be opportunistic and do what he did well, over the last, well, who knows, I think he told me he's been in the wrestling business 85 years. And he said, <laughs> you know, these guys think that they can do in 85 minutes, but it took me 85 years. So he told me, fret not, it's all under control. I got a chance to see the Andre statue. I saw the Ric Flair statue. Wow. Uh, I saw the, uh, the Titan flag. I saw the great emblem. I actually saw a couple of people that were working in the office. And I said, hey, man, what's it like in there? Tell me. And he said, dude, everybody's got like their own world and their own aspect of pay-per-views, Monday Night Raw, whether it's scripts, whether it's action figures. I mean, I was just blown away at, uh, at, the, at my brief time hanging out at the family reunion. It was a dream come true. And uh, I, I plan on going back to Stanford at least once a year now. Well, that makes perfect sense. And uh, certainly today oh. we'll, we'll talk about what other w- WWE employees actually think because they've made it uh, pretty prevalent. But last time uh, the band was together was last week. I got to shout out Courtney and my good buddy James White. They held down the fort. Uh, had quite the conversation dealing with everything from uh, the passing of Ashley Massaro to uh, all the things going on in WWE as they did prepare us for Double or Nothing. So go back, check it out. It's the latest episode of The Faction. It's available uh, pretty much everywhere you get your podcast. So the band is back together for a powerful discussion this week. Courtney, tell them what's up for this week's show. Welcome to episode 167 of The Faction right here on Bonafide Radio. We'll definitely kick things off with A.E. Double, you double or nothing. John Moxley, hits and misses. And how does New Japan play a role in this? Sami Zayn, what did he say on Raw? And we have to discuss SmackDown, the 24-7 championship, and what's going to happen at the NXT TakeOver. But before we do, it is the root of all evil. Aleister Black's theme song by CFO. You're listening to The Faction on Bonafide Radio. That is radio the way it's supposed to be. I got a lot left in the tank. What's up, guys? This is Mark here in the World's Strongest Man, and you're tuned in to The Faction.
faction. One, two, three. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Welcome back to the faction powered by Bonafide Radio. You were just listening to Root of All Evil, Alistair Black. GB, take it from there. All right, so we have a lot of ground to cover today. And we're going to start in kind of an unusual way, but it kind of has to happen. So uh, last Thursday marked the 20-year anniversary of the tragic passing of Owen Hart. Owen Hart, uh, basically the baby of the Hart family, uh, a huge member of WWE. Of course, we know him as the younger brother of Bret the Hitman Hart. They had an incredible uh, war back in 94 or so. Um, and then we saw them get back together, etc., etc. Believe it or not, it's been 20 years since he passed away from a tragic fall uh, during the Over the Edge pay-per-view in Kansas City back in 1999. Uh, I want to take a little bit of time to talk a bit about uh, your memories of Owen Hart, the impact of Owen Hart, and um, perhaps if you even remember... Uh, what you were doing that night. Do you remember watching that pay-per-view and how you found out about the Owen Hart news? Clack, I know you are a uh, WWE aficionado. Were you even watching at that particular point? Yeah, I think so, because that was during the Attitude Era. What what were your thoughts on Owen Hart? Uh, Unfortunately, I was not watching that night. Uh, I remember specifically where I was. I had school the next day. That was back when pay-per-views only came on Sundays. Correct. And uh, this particular one, although all of the other pay-per-views throughout the year, I would get them at my grandma's house. This particular one, I just could not do it. I believe, if I am correct, 20 years ago, I believe we had a 7 p.m. service that I had to be at with my family. Wow. And so I was not able. I did not, back then, you know, I, I really wasn't as uh, glued to the internet as I am now. I didn't find out until Monday morning at school mm. what had happened. And uh, I had to go back and uh, watch YouTube and do some research on the Internet uh, to really get the the full feeling of all that what happened. I remember being really irritated uh, with how he died. Mm -hmm. Uh, I felt like that was that it was unnecessary. Uh, At that time, it took me a while uh, to uh, embrace, quote unquote, gimmick wrestling again. Uh, I was really irritated by that. And then uh, I had some sorrow. I thought, what an awful way to break your neck on the turnbuckle. I mean, it was just a lot, a, a wide range of emotions that I went through. Um, and, and it was just a tragic, tragic way for such an incredible wrestle. I had multiple Owen Hart action figures. Mm. Uh, I loved the rivalry between him and Bret Hart, SummerSlam in the blue steel cage. I'll never forget it because I wanted to beat my brother down. As the younger brother triumphed and, and, and beat his brother, I wanted to beat my brother in something. So I remember walking up behind Kevin and hitting him with things, and as he would get stunned in my mind for a few seconds, I defeated him, wow. uh, even though he, he then gathered his strength and you know, obviously was Kevin in my life. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so those, those, I have a lot of fond memories of Owen Hart. I felt like his best work uh, was when he was feuding with Brett, jealous of Brett. I mean, quality script writing, quality promos. I mean, the guy is just a legend. Wow, wow. Uh, what were you doing that night, Courtney? Do you remember what you were doing uh, oh. when Owen Hart passed away or how you found out? 
Well, I, I, I wasn't watching WWE uh, that night because at that point I'm still a loyalist to WCW. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I actually found out the next day. So what I would do is the next day on Monday morning, there was a 1-800 number you could call to get the uh, results. There was, yeah. And uh, I would call the 1-800 number and that morning I found out that Owen had yet died. Uh, May tw- May twenty fourth, nineteen ninety nine. I believe I was working at uh, 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 Stephen, not Stephen Barry, but Barry Better Menswear uh, in the suit section, and I found out that he had died. Um, I, I really didn't know how to inter- I didn't know how to process feelings because I didn't realize wrestlers could die. I get it. Uh, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't able to process my feelings until. Monday night night I mean Monday night raw I mean I'm sorry nitro uh because you could see a uh, uh, Chris Benoit you could see a lot of the wrestlers who were familiar uh Brett was in that weird phase yeah um so you didn't know if Brett was gonna come out that night you saw nitro trying to go on and try not to acknowledge the obvious I found out years later uh that Brett was scheduled to do Jay Leno that night oh wow and they had to pull him from that. It, it wasn't really until uh, it may have been two months ago that I really understood the gravity of Owen's death. When I listened to a podcast by Jim Ross mm-hmm. and Jerry Lawler on Chris Jericho's cruise, talk about how they had to tell it on live air. And yes. they said in their words, it went like this, Jr. Owen has died, and we need you to tell the people. Mm-hmm. Five, four, mm-hmm. three, two, one. You're live. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It was sitting downtown in San Antonio uh, two months ago that it really fell on me, the gravity, because we live in this uh, internet world now. Mm-hmm. Where we, where it, my my theory is this: if something happens, wait a day, we'll see the footage. Right. This has been some of the most guarded footage of our time. You know, it's interesting. I remember that night very well. Um, I was definitely watching the pay per view, and there were some things that just weren't making sense to me. So, for one, the way that it happened, it happened, of course while the video package was going on. So my understanding is that the people in the arena initially, since they were all focused on the Titan Tron, didn't fully see what happened, except for a choice few. Um, and so when they came back live, they came back with this faraway shot where you could hardly see the ring. They were focused on um, the, the crowd and then uh, you could tell that the King and Jerry Lawler, or excuse me, the King and, and Jim Ross were really trying to figure out what to do. So they pitched to a backstage interview. The backstage interview featured Jeff Jarrett and, um, and McMichael's wife, uh, who I, whose name is leaving me right now. It's not Nancy. It's uh, anyway. Uh, Steve McMichael's ex-wife. Deborah. Deborah. Thank you. So it's Deborah and Jeff Jarrett and they are in full tears trying to cut a promo and they're saying, oh my God, 
pull through Owen, you know, this type of thing. So it was very obvious that something very real had happened. And we had never seen anything like this in the world of pro wrestling before. Um, I'd heard of wrestlers passing, but it's still, you know, nothing ever on live TV. Yeah. Then they get and, to the and, moment. And no one, no one with this high regard either. Right, right. And so what was unclear to the, to the viewer was how this even happened. Because there was no, you know, there was no footage of him, you know, falling or anything like that. There was no footage of it. So we didn't understand what was going on. And then later in the show, when they came on from the broadcast position to say that Owen Hart has passed, it was just kind of like, wait, what? How? It didn't make any sense. Um, And so then, of course, I went to work the next day. And uh, it was just a very weird moment, and people knew I loved wrestling, so they were trying to figure out, okay, is this real? Is this not? I'm like, no, guys, this is super real. Like, this is not, yeah, you know, I, a yeah. joke. If you didn't, but for a second, you didn't know if you were being worked. You didn't, because what was weird about them saying Owen Hart had passed was during that time he was the Blue Blazer, and the Blue Blazer's identity was always questioned, but never certain. So. You know, for those of us who didn't know that Owen Hart was the Blue Blazer, Owen Hart passing didn't make sense, you know? Um, So it was all just a weird space. And then that next night on Monday Night Raw, and it's funny that you mentioned you were watching Nitro, because I never did know what that Nitro looked like that night. I knew a few months later they were going to Kansas City and they did the kind of a tribute match to Owen Hart. But I'd watched Raw that night, and that was the most emotional Monday Night Raw at that point in history. Because nothing like that had happened. And so they're acknowledging this passing. You know, grown men are, I mean, in full tears. It was just uh, an an incredible thing. And then what made it so guarded, to your point, was that the footage, the pay-per-view, was never, the replay was never shown. Uh, It was really the only pay-per-view in WWE history where there were no DVDs sold. Um, they just did not ever replay it again. And because of the lawsuit and all the other things that were going on, it was crazy. So it was a very weird moment when the WWE Network came about in 2014 and the whole idea of them showing all the previous pay-per-views, everybody asked, would Over the Edge be there? And it was. So people can now go back and see what happened it still is just so awkward and weird. And, you know, the unfortunate part about Owen not being in the Hall of Fame, which has far more to do with Owen's wife than it does with WWE. Uh, just kind of a very strange thing. And um, certainly, you know, 20 years have moved by very, very fast. Owen Hart is still regarded as one of pro wrestling's most significant figures. Um, perhaps the best wrestler to never hold a world championship. Many could argue that point. Um, but certainly our thoughts and prayers are with the, the heart, the heart family and just, just amazing, amazing stuff. So the irony then, as we speak of Owen Hart to then see his brother, Bret Hart become a huge part of all elite wrestling's debut event, double or nothing. Now we've been waiting for months for double or nothing. It finally went down this past weekend and we're going to talk all about it first let's kind of recap this card which took place live from the mgm grand arena in las vegas nevada it started with the pre-show known as the buy-in 
and the buy-in featured the Casino Battle Royale, where the winner would get a future shot at the AEW World Championship, and the winner was Hangman Adam Page. Of course, he was originally scheduled for a match against Pac. Pac pulled out, um, and so now Hangman Page is in the title <laughs> match. I'm sorry, GB. Wait, what's his name? Pac. And, okay, never mind. Go oh, ahead. that being the form, the former <laughs> Neville. Uh oh, what did I? Not to be confused with Tupac, or. Well, oh, I'm sorry. Or X Pac. So, yeah. you, know, you said Pac. Yeah. Oh, okay. What okay. do you think okay. I Go said? <laughs> oh, Lord. I don't know. What did you think you said? What did you think I said? I, I thought he said rock. Oh, rock. oh, Lord. No, no, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> rock Yeah. That Now, that would be something, but I, I doubt that would ever happen. Um, so also on the buy-in, we got our first look at Kip Sabian, who's uh, from the UK as he defeated Sammy Guevara, who uh, I first had a chance to see at the NWA 70 event. That was a fantastic match. So we get into All or Nothing. Uh, the team of SCU, Christopher Daniels, Scorpio Sky, and Kazarian defeated the Stronghearts. That's uh, Seema, T-Hawk, and L. Lindemann, and they are a team out of OWE, the Oriental Wrestling Entertainment Faction, or really promotion, out of China. Britt Baker defeated Nyla Rose, Kylie Ray, and Awesome Kong, who made her debut as part of what was supposed to be a triple threat match that became a fatal four-way. Dr. Britt Baker wins that match. The best friends, Trent and Trent Beretta and Chucky e. T, defeat uh, Jack Evans and, and Helico, a team that you may be familiar with from Lucha Underground days. Then they announced an upcoming event. Yeah, they're not done. Oh, no. The sequel to All In is coming Saturday, August the 31st. It's called All Out. Then we had a six-woman tag match that saw Hikaru Shida, Riho Abe, and Ryo Mizunami defeat the legendary Aja Kong, Yuka Sakazaki, and Ima Sakura. Then an arguably the most emotional match of the night, um, and arguably a top five for emotional match of the year, Cody Rhodes defeats Dustin Rhodes in a bloodbath, and at the end, we'll talk about what was said that may have produced uh, tears from everyone, including Cody and Dustin. Then came the unveiling of the brand new AEW World Championship belt by former five-time WWE champion and two-time Hall of Famer, Bret the Hitman Hart. Then we get into the big tag team title match as the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, defeated the Lucha Brothers, Pentagon Jr. and Ray Phoenix, to retain the AAA Tag Team Championships. And in the main event, Chris Jericho defeats Kenny Omega in the rematch of Alpha and Omega. Chris Jericho now enters into a world title match against Hangman Adam Page. Meanwhile, at the end, Jericho looked for a big thank you, and instead of a thank you, got the big shocker of the night as coming through the crowd, very much like a Scott Hall during WCW Monday Nitro, was one John Moxley, formerly known as Dean Ambrose, who reeked pure havoc and was the going home shot of all elites double or nothing pay-per-view all right guys let's dig into double or nothing when we come back 
Let's go to some music right now. Uh, where shall we go? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. This is the right place to go. Go to some music from Matt Riddle. It's his theme song, and it's called Hey Bro. You've got it locked to the faction, powered by Bonnerfide Radio. This is a total package, Lex Luger, and you are turned into the faction. Bro.
And now an announcement. Ladies and gentlemen. Look, everyone. Belle and Ebenezer are in love. No, silly. Kane is in the building. <laughs> you can now listen to Bonafide Radio, courtesy of our new mobile app. Available for the iPod, iPad, and iPhone. Come on, you can do Find it. out the latest news, check out our podcast, or listen to us live. Listen. Right now on your phone. Oh, yeah. Download the app today via the iTunes app store by searching for Bonafide Radio or at iPhone.bonafideradio.com. I'm living in that 21st century. We got something to say. Listen. Would you like to take your business or service to the next level? Yeah. Consider adding Bonafide Radio to your marketing plan. Can't wait. We will gladly share your product with our listeners in a creative, efficient, affordable, and professional manner. This is so gnarly. For more information, scroll to the bottom of our website and click advertise uh-huh. or email us directly at sales at getbonafide.com. I know you're going to dig this. This is Tracy Lynn, and I want you to take a journey with me through the jazzy side of Bonafide Radio. Every Tuesday at 2 p.m., tune in to Melodic Grooves right here on GetBonafide.com or via the Bonafide Radio app. Bonafide Radio, radio the way it's supposed to be. We are the faction. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Welcome back to the Facts and Power by Bonafide Radio. You were just listening to Hey Bro. That's uh, Matt Riddle's theme song. GB, take it from there. All right. So before the break, we gave you the rundown for what happened at AEW's Double or Nothing pay-per-view, their inaugural event that took place in Las Vegas, Nevada this weekend. So now it's time to kind of talk hits and misses, what we thought uh, of the the show. I, I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to have this conversation uh courtney let's start with you did you watch double or nothing and if so what were your what were your thoughts what were your takeaways i did not watch double or nothing in real time i was on a slight delay with you gb but i did watch cody and dustin in real time okay i was out and about and thank god for facebook and people who are kind enough to it yes and so when i tuned in it was my kind of, it was, you, you ever heard somebody church say that? Now, that's my kind of singing. Mm-hmm. That's my kind of preaching. That's my kind of carrying on. Yeah. Hell, my kind of match right there, boy. Yeah. When Dustin showed up the night before and his shirt said, Dusty, no, Dream's favorite. Yeah. yeah. Or Dusty's favorite. Yeah. I about lost my mind. Yeah. I said, that's some old school carrying on right there. Mm-hmm. And so I watched that match. And there was so much emote, like I could cry thinking about it. There was so much emotion because I did have fear, as John Murray expressed in our group chat, mm-hmm. that Dusty, that Cody can tell a slow story. Yeah. But Dustin and Cody together, mm-hmm. they told a dream story. Yeah. It felt like the 80s. Mm-hmm. It was what I loved about the 90s. Yeah. And I mean, it told story. It had the listen. It had the per- DDP was the perfect break mm-hmm. in the story. And 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 a la Pat Patterson. Right. Pat Patterson did the same thing. I want to say it was in the match with Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels yeah. in their uh sixty minute match. Yeah. And there was a break. Pat Patterson came up with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, DDP was the perfect break to let the crowd catch their breath, but. 
I don't even know if Dustin knew he'd bleed that bad. Mm. Mm. It was probably one of the worst crimson masks I'd seen in 20 years. Yeah, yeah, it was serious. And he bled like a pig. He did. But the whole night from, there was, this was a historic, there are just moments when God himself steps into a moment. Mm -hmm. You have Luke Perry's son, Jungle Boy. You have Brian Pillman Jr. Right. You have all these people. I mean, the battle royal, most battle royals that we've seen in uh, in other established uh, 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 ventures, they're just time fillers. Not sure, this one. Sure. The perfect 10, Sean Spears was out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, Paige winning it. It it the whole night was. I mean, and I haven't even talked about the tag team match with the Young Bucks, but it, it was just great. I mean, and then Omega and and Jericho yeah. didn't even have to carry the whole night. It was even tough for them to live up because the crowd was so spent yeah. from Cody and Dustin. And then Dingy Dean has changed himself over to John to to, to friggin' Moxley, mm-hmm. and he came through the crowd looking like a stud. Yeah. And laid it down. Guys, I don't even care about the misses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were some production misses, but you know what the production had? Some of the highest production quality we've seen yeah. from anybody else yeah. outside of the. And, and so here's what I've narrowed it down to, and I'll jump the gun on this. Mm-hmm. WWE has to be afraid, and they showed me that they were afraid on Monday and Tuesday. They did. And I'm going to tell you something else. WWE is the FBI, and AEW is Facebook. Facebook did what the FBI had been trying to do for 60 years. They did it in two years. They got every American to start telling their business by volunteer, showing their face, who they're friends with, what their likes are, what their hobbies are, what their hours are. We told all of our business and the FBI has spent 60 years trying to do it. So you telling me that they aren't in trouble? They're in big trouble. That was very conspiracy theory-esque of you. But an interesting, interesting uh Interesting connection there. So here's what I'm interested in. Clack, we saw you in your AEW shirt the other day. Uh, did you actually get to sit down and watch Double or Nothing, or were you uh, waiting to figure out how were you going to combat this? If he didn't watch Cody and Dust, you, you, you just aren't a wrestling fan. That's your type of carrying on, Clack. Let me just start, and I will be brief in my comments because I'm not going to give uh, a whole lot of attention to this foolery. And this 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 is really reminiscent of what the Bible says is that uh, the Antichrist will appear. And uh, what I think we have had is a sighting of anti things that we really should be concentrating on. Uh, I thought the blasphemy that Courtney Beard just said, there are moments when God comes down and you start naming these 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 men that are living off of their father's legacy, how dare you, number one. Number two. That is biblical. That is so biblical. They are living in houses and they didn't build. I gave you your time. I gave you your time. Hush. I was now preach yourself out of that double time preacher. I gave you your time. Okay? I was annoyed. The, 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 I don't even, oh, I'm trying to not, because I know we have sensors and I don't want us to lose our sponsors, but the cojones, how 
dare you, Cody Rhodes? How dare you hit a throne with a sledgehammer? For someone that is so creative, you mean to tell me that all you all could get was that little bit of church smoke that come out of that chair? That was so corny. I don't care what any of y'all say. He hit that thing like he was at Dave & Buster's and he was trying to win 88 tickets to make sure that little baby Rhodes could, could get a stuffed animal. How ridiculous. You mean to tell me you thought Triple H was faced? To me, that ruined the whole match. That you had started that way? Now listen, is there quality wrestling going on? Quality competition? Absolutely. But the gimmicks in between, if you all were hard on WWE, we're not going to even talk about all of the missed hits and all of the missed clotheslines and super kicks. We're not going to talk about none of that. We're just going to leave that out in the open. And then now, all of a sudden, you hypocrites, you two Pharisees, I, I almost didn't even want to do the show today. How dare you all sing the praises of Dirty Dean Ambrose he doesn't care about the business. He doesn't look any better. If anything, his hairline is even worse. He's got one strip of banana peel hair going plastered to his forehead. And you all say he looks like a Greek god. It was awful. Nothing about what Dean Ambrose did made me more excited about wrestling. Uh, you know, I'm so glad you said that, Clack. I could depend on you to walk right into that. I'm gonna address Austin that. exposed him. I'm gonna. Well, I'm gonna address all of that in a second. I want to start at the top and say this: um, there was a marked difference between Double or Nothing and All In, and it was very, very clear to me that, of course, we knew from the back end that All In featured a lot of the infrastructure of Ring of Honor. From their cameramen to their production to their staging, etc., etc., you could tell from the opening moment of this pay-per-view that all elite. First of all, they've got real money. The real money. The, the production value of what we saw, the camera angles of what we saw, was second to none. If somebody's going to turn the channel from WWE and see All Elite, they're not missing a beat in production value, which makes them real competition. The next thing was, you know, you look at the caliber and quality of the matches. Whether you knew all of the people involved or not, the matches told their own stories, and the matches actually did think... Here's the thing. To me... What's harder? Is it harder to convince people in the ring when there's a storyline that you know? Or is it harder to win people when you have total strangers having to tell their story on the stage? I think it's the latter. And when you had cases of these wrestlers, some of whom we had not seen before, getting on this stage, winning us over, it was a huge, huge moment. Let me tell you one other thing I really liked. I like the fact that there was incredible diversity, yet the diversity was not the thing that was used to get people over. So here's my example. When um, you know, when we heard about Sonny Kiss and we heard about Nyla Rose, and a lot of people wondered what in the world would happen with these two. You know, there was a lot of controversy on social media about them. Well, the cool part was Sonny Kiss gets in this battle royal 
and he doesn't win the battle royal. He doesn't win the battle, and he, and he gets very few spots, if any. That, to me, says where he is as a wrestler. Same thing for Nyla Rose, and to me, the thing that combated Nyla Rose the best was Awesome Kong, because now you have Awesome Kong, Nyla Rose isn't the biggest person in the match anymore. And it really exposes how Nyla Rose still has a lot of room to grow. So I thought they did a lot right. Um, I thought they did a lot, a lot right. Uh, what was interesting to me also was this is without question the biggest stage that any independent wrestler has ever had. No questions asked. Bigger than all in. It was just huge. It was funny. I got some text messages talking about there were empty seats. And at the time, I wasn't watching live. When I went back, I went, wait a minute. What are you talking about? Are you talking about empty seats during the pre-show? Pre-show doesn't count for empty seats. What counts is when the show's actually going on. And no, this wasn't, Tell a, him, G. This wasn't a WWE sellout. This was a full-on sellout. The only empty seats I may have seen might have been one little bitty section. But empty seats doesn't mean that the seats weren't sold. Just means the people didn't show up. For whatever reason, that could be. And that wasn't the case. Look at any angle from uh, Double or Nothing, and you're not going to find some of what we found on Raws and SmackDowns and WWE pay-per-views. Um, so I do have to talk about misses because I want to be objective. Okay? couple of misses for me. Don't even do this in front of Clack. No, he I'm doesn't gonna, deserve it. I'm going to do it in front of Clack so that Clack <laughs> understands that I am fully objective. But rest assured, the hits don't come close excuse me the misses don't come close to the hits first hit right off the bat um during the battle royal one of the entrants was a double amputee and i just thought to myself i said okay we're trying to be different right and zach gowan we remember zach gowan he had one leg right but if you have no legs and you're in an over-the-top rope battle royal. Does anybody find anything weird about that? Like that's just all right. I'm I'm done. GB, bring me back on the show when y'all are done talking about AEW. No, no, no. What a that, joke. That that to me. Listen, I gotta be honest. That made no. And here was the thing. He had a moment, Clack, where he did a six one nine. He had a moment Lord, where he did a six one nine. You know, and so I have to get you the video footage. He did a six. So here's my problem. Right? He used his third leg. My problem. No, he used he used his torso. So for for one, it's uncomfortable to watch, right? Like it's completely uncomfortable to watch um, someone uh, who's had those kinds of challenges in their life. Uh, go through a moment like that. Like, that just, that's just, that's well, just why, is that, right. why is that tough to watch? Well, here's why it's tough to watch. Because it feels like you're being cruel to someone who can't properly defend themselves. Like He signed throw, up for the match. N- listen, yes, he signed up. He knew up for, what he was walking in. I mean, not walking really, into, but he knew what he really, was. Really, Courtney? He knew, what he, he knew, what he he knew how they were rolling. I just, I just, I so so let me just say this, right? So one of my big issues right now with All Elite, and I got this from being the Elite as well, I'm not necessarily a fan of their humor. Their humor leaves, I mean, their humor is... It's a little dark. It, 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 is, it is an acquired taste, right? 
So a little dark. It works for some people. It doesn't work for others, right? So I could I could do without that. Um, miss number two. I'm going to say the biggest miss for last. Miss, like I just posted the no legs. Yeah, yeah he did. Miss number miss the, the the second miss to me was there were some be nice. There were some lulls, and the lulls dealt with the uh, the team really not knowing what was coming next. And I want to chalk that up to a couple of things. I'll chalk it up to the fact that you know you could rehearse calling matches. But rehearsing calling matches and rehearsing transitions are two very different things. And when you're doing live television, things can change. So if production people aren't telling them, hey, go to this next, then they don't know. And they didn't really do a good job of filling the time, which now leads to my third miss. And this is the last one, but it's a significant one for me. Um, I loved having Jim Ross there. I think Jim Ross added validity to uh, who they are as a team. I enjoyed Excalibur. I'm familiar with Excalibur, of course, from PWG, and he's done great color commentary work with New Japan. But Alex Marvez is a no. He sucked. He's horrible. He sucked bad. He is as bad as Mike Adamley. From the perspective of Mike Adamley, I mean, Mike Adamley at least vocally was into it, but really didn't know his content. Alex Marvez never turned the on switch on. He never turned it up. He was still, to me, it was, oh, my God, I'm nervous. I'm on live TV. So let me just talk. I heard Alex Marvez far more excited in his busted open interview than I did in this pay-per-view. He had a lot more spunk. He had, you know, he had jabs. In this, he was horrible. And up against the Jim Ross, you know, it's like this. It's like if you're going to play against LeBron James, if you're going to play against Michael Jordan, you better be good. Because if you're not good, the bad that you are is going to look even worse. And that was the case for Alex Marvez. I hope, and I don't ever want anybody to lose their job, but if they're going to have a three-man team, somebody needs to fill his spot because he is not ready for play-by-play. It was horrible. It took away from the event. I mean – just being honest, he doesn't he doesn't deserve to be there. No, he he he, he was lost in the sauce. Oh man. my god, he was so lost. Clack, have you seen the clip yet? Did we lose Clack? I Is he watching he, the he clip? He, he, he did not lose me. I I I want to choose my words carefully. Be good, especially because I'm eating corn on the cob. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! You're eating during the show. Terrible, <laughs> Courtney. Why would you send me that? How See, you he all, never mind. I can't. I'll say my he, comments for after the show. The man did a six one nine. Let me just be careful. Yeah. This will be on uh, every live news feed everywhere. <laughs> well, it, it it wasn't really more of a six one nine. It was more like No, a, uh, don't do it. So <laughs> those were my primary issues. Oh no, no, no. I did have a fourth issue. I did have a fourth issue. I'm sorry, I did have a fourth issue. And this one to me was equally big as well. Okay? Um, so the pay-per-view was available on either, uh, in the U.S. on Bleacher Report Live. That was the only, and of course on cable outlets. Uh, in the U.K., there were a few places, including Fight TV. So it was a little confusing when I heard it was available on Fight TV. I was looking for it on Fight TV, but it was not. Although all the rest of Starcast was. But my primary issue is okay. So the pay-per-view. 
uh, is old school in terms of its pricing, but it's also old school in terms of its airing as well. So if you were watching it, I enjoyed being able to kind of press pause, go do the other things I had to do and come back. The problem is it was only showing for a small period of time. So there were matches I initially missed. And so then after, you know, it finished airing at about 1 a.m. Eastern, you could not pull up a replay until 9 a.m. And then the replay was available from 9 a.m. until about 10 p.m. So in this era of on demand, when most when very few people watch things live, but they do want to be able to watch on their own schedule, um, that was a miss for me because considering all that I was doing with my baby and my wife, I couldn't sit down. It took me 24 hours to watch this pay-per-view and I almost missed it because of the fact that they only had it shown and it's only going to be available for replay, I think, until June 1st. So this is where, to me, the WWE Network has the win because as a pay-per-view, if I don't get to watch it live, I can at least watch it on delay or at my leisure. But, you know, if somebody pays for a pay-per-view, they should be able to watch it on, on their own leisure. So my hope is that when they launch this new streaming service through Warner Brothers, um, that that there will be some sort of way to account for this. Because here's the next thing. They've got a pay-per-view coming in June. They've got a pay-per-view coming in July. They've got All Out coming in August. Um, I'm not sure what the event will be for September, but then you get to October, and it's their TV debut. I don't know how many fans are going to be willing to shell out, you know, per pay-per-view in the age and era of $9.99 a month with the WWE Network or under $9.99 a month for New Japan uh, and JPW World. So I think that's... Yeah, I won't be doing it. Yeah, like that's that's something for as forward as the in-ring content has been, that's something that they're going to have to jump on fast. Because the the right now fifty dollars now granted WWE's pay per views have been giving us nine ninety nine you know they haven't been giving us fifty dollar quality pay per views but the point is that fifty dollars can go a lot further with WWE programming than it would currently with all elite. So so here's my question, Clack. You didn't watch any of this? Uh, no, I caught all of my information from it on Instagram. In sixty-second intervals, I was I was on my way to watch it. I won't lie, but when Cody hit that throne, that that really annoyed me. So it was so cheesy. I actually have a thought about that. Right? Okay. So my first thought as I was watching it, I was just like, because but because again, what happened? Because I wasn't able to watch in real time, I went to try to fast forward to a part I missed, and I saw Dustin walk out to this chair, and I didn't get it. So I went back and I watched and I'm watching the entrance and I'm like, okay, this is kind of grand and regal. Then I saw the, you know, uh, Brandy get the sledgehammer. Then I saw, and then it hit me what he was doing. And I, and I had this thought, right? So if that were the only thing that Cody did, uh, it would have been alarming, but I could let it be. But the night before at StarCast, uh, during a Q&A session, 
someone asked him about what would make AEW different. And he was talking about, you know, the type of action we're going to provide. And then he threw a direct dig at Bailey. And I'm going, what did Bailey do? Right? So there's that. Then there's after the pay-per-view. There is a uh, a video that surfaces with John Moxley and Cody Rhodes. John Moxley basically says anybody who gets in the way of AEW, this is war. So it's very clear it was a WWE reference. Then both he and Cody have a picture up where they're both giving the finger, which is a clear sign that we are out for war. So here's where my issue lies, right? I think the fans were already going to make a competition, but when WWE beat WCW, they didn't reference WCW. What they did was they they stayed true to building their product and building their content, and they allowed the content to do the work. I can defeat you without overtly acknowledging you. The problem which happened with WCW was when they got fixated on beating WWE every week in the ratings and that became their win instead of creating content that actually made a lot of sense. I don't think this is a fight that Cody needs to pick. Not that he won't win the fight, but I think it automatically puts you at odds and I don't have to, you know, throw, listen, as a radio station owner, I don't have to throw shots at other radio station owners for our radio station to be successful. I don't have to throw shots at other podcasts for this podcast to be successful. There's enough room for all of us. And so that's kind of my issue right now with Cody is I think all that was unnecessary. I'm wondering, wondering, GB, if they have fallen. There are two theories out there running, and I'll let you and Clegg weigh in. I wonder if... TNT is putting pressure on them to say, if we're going into the wrestling business, we want to be number one. Because I, I heard a podcast with JR that asked him, are you guys going to be competitive against him? JR said, we're not going to even think about them. Right. And then you look up and they're doing that. Second thing is this. Vince Russo came out yesterday and said, guys, you're being worked. WWE and AEW are in bed together. How does a how does a Moxley get a a, a clean send off? Okay, he said. Oh, I have to. So answer I'm that. not saying it's true. I'm not saying it's true. First, Clack, of all, would you be shocked if they were in bed together? The better question is: Would you two be heartbroken if they're in bed together? Well, here's the deal. No. Here's the deal. Number yes, one, would. I, I wouldn't be heartbroken. But here's the bigger thing, right? So John Moxley is actually on the brand new episode of uh, Talk is Jericho. That podcast is up right now. It just dropped earlier today where it was an exclusive interview. It's the first time Moxley has talked about any of this stuff. He talks in depth about why he left WWE. He talked about his decision not to leave. And he talked about the fact that he was perplexed. He did not understand why WWE didn't take him off television after he gave his notice. There's a lot. I mean, there's way too much to that story for me to be able to tell. But trust me when I tell you, you he buried WWE. Why why do y'all think he he got a clean send-off? I think he got a clean send-off, first of all, because WWE, first of all, he gave his notice in good order. 
He gave 90 day notice. He did not go online. He did not do some of the other things that other people did. He gave it directly to the people involved. Um, Vince had said, hey, listen, I'm so sorry. Like, is there anything we can do? They did go to offer him another contract. So Vince begged for him to stay. They wanted him to stay. Sounds like Vince was groveling and on his knees. They wanted him to stay. Now, he was begging. Well, here's the deal. But, But let me tell you this, and I won't give it all away. But he was very upfront about what the creative process is in WWE. And I'll just tell you this. When, okay, when you are in the audience, you may not be musical, but you can get a good idea when people are off when they're in concert. Oh, yeah. Then take a musical ear. We may not know all the background to what's going on at WWE, but I promise you, we knew something was wrong. And he tells us what's wrong. And let me tell you, it's, it's wide open. And I'll say this. You may not have been impressed by the return of John Moxley, but I was because there's nothing more invigorating than when an artist gets a new lease on life and they come back refreshed and ready to work. Here's the deal. He said that if there had been no AEW and if there had been no other wrestling promotions, he was going to leave anyway and he would have just reseeded the business on his own. He said he would have started his own wrestling company, his own wrestling school. He would have done something because he has been uh, basically tied behind the back for the last six years. See, Clack, this is my issue with you, is that Bishop is running everybody out of the church because he won't relinquish the throne. He still wants to preach every week, but doesn't remember the scriptures. That's it. And you back this shenanigans. Yep. Listen, you, uh, you when you hear the stories, okay. when you hear the stories of how uh, basically Dean Ambrose was handed what his, was his creative, you know, he was handed that and he hated it. He never liked it. And then being told by Vince, oh, this is who you are. The, the 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 what Vince deems to be funny and he even talked about a promo that Vince wanted him to cut that he refused and he could Clack. not believe and he could not and it had everything to do with some derogatory pot shot that Vince wanted Dean to take at Roman Reigns during his phase of leukemia so remember when we heard uh, Dean Ambrose have a horrible line about Roman Reigns while he was out on leukemia, like you got leukemia and you deserved it? That was Vince. That wasn't Dean Ambrose. What do you have to say about this, Clack? That Bishop is running around destroying, uh, running the people out of the church. Uh, two things. It is possible that if you do not continue chemotherapy, that the cancer comes back even stronger. I don't think Dean Ambrose is rehabilitated. I think he's a cancer, and it's a matter of time before the real Dean Ambrose that's not interested in wrestling. GB and Courtney, you both can agree that when you get a good gig, it's always easier hindsight to say what you were going to do. You can mask it, especially when you have no morales keeping you in check, and you're just running at the seat of your pants to try to increase your bottom dollar. Why wouldn't Dean Ambrose say whatever it takes? I don't care what anybody says. Austin exposed him, number one. So the nope. dude is a phony. Uh, here's the th- here's the deal, though. I I believed that at first, but when you have no interest in the business because your cre when your creative mind, let me put it to you this way, Clack, and, and this would be great. One of your great gifts is to be able to analyze. 
to be able to present, to be able to be creative. I have never heard, honestly, a, a preacher who brings about uh the way things the way you do things like i've never heard anybody do it that way where literally i could hand you a piece of white paint and you could find something in that piece of white paint that would send us into a frenzy what would it feel like to you if you were handed every sermon that you had to preach and you were told you cannot deviate from this you have to say every word that's on this paper and you have your own creative ideas. You say, well, no, I can bring this point out. I could talk about this. This makes a whole lot of sense. This is wildly relevant. And instead of your ideas being listened to, you're told, yeah, that's great. But this is what I want you to do. This. Wait, can you imagine somebody telling you, Clack, this week is who week. you are week after week? This, Even though it doesn't even line up with who you mean to tell me you wouldn't just go. All right, well, I'm mailing it in or your desire to do what you would do. You'd leave to say, if I'm going to love this anymore, I have to leave and do it on my own. Great analogy. Wrong guy. What that sounds like to me is preparation. No, 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 no. What I'm I'm saying to you, what I'm saying to you is you would need to be prepared because you're being handed the sermon. You think you think you'd be okay with somebody handing you sermons week after week telling you this is what you're going to preach? I'm not the lead guy. Absolutely. Here's why. I, if I'm going to submit myself to something like that, I got to check the track history and the spoils of the guy handing me the sermon. Here's Allah Vincent here's, Kennedy. Here's McMahon. the problem well, there's with a whole that. lot of spoils. Yeah, there's a lot of spoils. <laughs> there's a lot of spoils. And here's the thing. And this is where I'm going to mess with you, right? So if you were given a gift to preach, your gift to preach did not come from your boss. Right? So since your gift to preach didn't come from your boss, now your boss is supposed to help you hone that gift. It's supposed to help you, you know, caress it and finesse it and do the types of things to make you better and they can even come back with feedback as to ways to do things better but if they're giving you what to preach how to preach it all of the verses all of the context and text to use every word that you have to say has to come from them then either one or two things are going to happen you're going to lose your zeal to preach or you just won't be as effective as you could be because you're not doing your own thing. You're doing what somebody else gave you. Great analogy. Wrong guy. Um, and, and here's why. Um, and I, I, I hope that the, the theological conversation is not uh, confusing our viewers. But I will say this, GB and Courtney, there was once a preacher of all preachers who at the inception of his ministry decided to say, I will only say and do what my father tells me to say and do. Oh, here we go. So he did not he did not approach it as my creativity being dumbed down because someone is spoon feeding me exactly what to say and do. There will come a moment when I'll pass the baton and my greatness will be known throughout all the land. All I'm saying is, 
is that sometimes when you are under those hard constraints and it feels like you're not getting any wiggle room, it's really just preparation. And Dean Ambrose showed me that he is more Absalom than Ambrose. You need to respect him like Muhammad Ali. His name is not Dean Ambrose it's anymore. John Moxley. <laughs> so can I also say that I think? Play. Can I also say that I do think that WWE is somewhere involved with this? How brilliant would it be if Vince is presenting the entire company as oh, a major stop heel? It. There's no way. What, what if no. WWE oh, is the heel? So let me get oh, this straight. So, so I'm you just mean, saying what if? So you mean you Dean? It. So Dean Ambrose quit so he could work for another WWE company? Right. That makes no, sense. no, 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 no. What I'm saying is, is that if some kind of way WWE is in bed with AEW, would would it not make some sense? All I'm saying is some sense. For WWE to be the heel in the whole life. Here's the sad you're part as, of this. Your theory is as contrived as a Rob Polinka story. <laughs> you <laughs> Here's what's crazy to me. You sound like the back offices of the Lake Show, whom I love dearly, but is a mess right now. And that's exactly what you might you, you might as well work for Rob Polinka. Now, Clack, this is what amazes me. We've got to go to break. Clack, what amazes me is this. For as much as you love Touting the death of WCW. I cannot believe that you would actually believe the words of the man who killed WCW, that being Vince Russo. All right, we're taking a break. When we come back, we've got to recap Raw and SmackDown, and we're going to talk about NXT TakeOver 25. But let's right now go to some music uh, from someone, from some folks who will be featured heavily at NXT TakeOver 25. It's the Undisputed Era's theme song by CFO. You've got it locked to the faction powered by Bonnerfied Radio. It's me, CGP, the king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion and CEO and founder of DDP Yoga. You're listening to the faction on Bonnerfied Radio. And that's not a bad thing. That, my friend, is a good thing. Bang! Shock. The system.
recap of the remix is sponsored by Domingo Mijo. Born Stanley Martin Lieber in New York City in 1922, Lee entered the comic book world as a teenage assistant in 1939. Stanley Lieber was the Joe Jackson of comic books. Mm, I don't even know how to feel about that. Yeah, just, I, I almost think he was greater than a Joe Jackson. I don't know, ain't nobody greater than Joe Jackson now. Wait a minute. That's when you messed up. No, 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 Why you did that? Why you did that? I don't know why you did that, GB. Why you did that? Oh, Lord. Stan Lee had a whole universe down in, in his head, in his, in his mind. <laughs> The remix on Bonafide Radio. We hear Thursdays, 2 p.m. Eastern. Here on Bonafide Radio. Radio the way it's supposed to be. Exclusively on the remix. Don't miss it. Don't miss it at all. We are the faction. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Welcome back to the Faction Powered by Bonafide Radio. You were just listening to the Undisputed Era. Courtney, give us the raw recap, man. Raw recap. WWE Raw was live from Kansas City, Missouri at the probably worst cell phone company ever, the Sprint Center. True. Things kicked off with a Brock party. When Brock Lesnar danced his way out to confront Seth Rollins and Kofi Kingston. And then Brock just slapped Paul Heyman around with a piece of paper like a $2 hooker. And said, I have a whole year? Seth, I'm going to taunt you. Dolph Ziggler came out and attacked Xavier Woods, but addressed WWE Champion Kofi Kingston. Shane McMahon defeated Lance Anoiwa or Anoiwa or Anoiwai. A uh, Universal Champion Seth Rollins confronted Brock Lesnar again. Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch and Nikki Cross defeated WWE Tag Team Champions. The Iconics Ricochet defeated Cesaro. Rey Mysterio will surrender the United States Championship next week. Baron Corbin defeated Braun Strowman. The Miz, Bobby Lashley to earn a Universal Championship match at WWE Super Showdown at the, as they're calling it, the International Pay-Per-View. Bray Wyatt played Limbo on the Firefly Funhouse. The Raw roster chased 24-7 champion R-Truth through the Usos Memorial Day party. Sami Zayn mentioned those three faithful letters, A-E-W, and Universal Champion Seth Rollins defeated Sami Zayn, which actually was a barn burner of a match. Guys, what did you think about Monday Night Raw? Quack. Yo, Raw came out swinging, swinging. Uh, I, I was, I was proud. I was impressed. Uh, I, I said, "Bring the war on!" Uh, if that's where we're at, I, I have to give Courtney and and uh, GB their credit. They said competition brings the best out of WWE, and if this Monday was a sign of that, good luck AEW. Because you might have a little bit of money, but you ain't got WWE money. Let's just be honest about that. Uh, I do have one aunt with uh, this this particular church. That Brock Lesnar spot made me sick to my stomach. You I, leave him alone. I love this Brock. This is funny for somebody who loves the no. entertainment side of things. 
I didn't think it was funny. It wasn't exciting. They, they, I don't like when they minimize monsters. They did it to Bronk, and I didn't like it. And I'm afraid that they're going to do it to Bach. Other than that, now you know I've been advocating for Cesaro maybe since we started this show. Mm-hmm. Cesaro is money. Yeah, At is. this point, you know, and I love Kofi for the culture. I don't care who Cesaro beats. Cesaro needs to strap some kind of way. I was thoroughly impressed. And Sami Zayn, I-, I cannot wait to hear what you all thought about that as he yes. clearly loaded the chamber on purpose with Vince knowing and fired back. He did. He did. He did. He did. Um, he did. Uh, let me, let me. And DB, I think he was the right choice to do it. I agree. Yeah. I agree. You know, uh, and I got my thoughts, GB. I'm going to go after you. Oh, okay. Um, I, I, I again was not super impressed with Raw at all. I, I really? was one. I really, I was wondering what Raw was going to do as an answer to Double or Nothing. Um, this Brock Party thing is so corny that it's almost cool. That it's like, wait a minute. Like, I kind of like it. It's kind of weird. It's growing on me. I just never saw it happening. But to your point, Clack, I agree. This whole uh, humanizing monsters has never worked. Go all the way back to Kane. You know, when Kane became human and started talking and having feelings, Kane never was really successful after that. Same type of thing for, you know, Braun. It's the same thing they did to uh bray wyatt if we're completely honest when the wyatts first came in they were monsters and then you know he he gets feelings and blah 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 and like no if you're a monster be a monster okay like that's that's what we came to see with that said everybody spent some time first of all let me just talk about this uh firefly funhouse which has become one of the things that I look forward to. It is incredibly eerie and creepy and creative. And it's all the things that are wrong and right. And it's like WWE. For everything you're getting wrong, this you're getting right. You're keeping them off of TV. You're keeping mystery and intrigue. It's, you know, it's really something amazing to watch. With that said, you know, I don't believe WWE has gotten to the point where they are everything is so produced that you almost don't believe uh, an impromptu moment if and when it happens. So, for instance, this whole idea of them having people from the crowd ask questions like, first of all, in a crowd where they had already been chanting AEW during the night. Um, you mean to tell me nobody on a live mic would ask about AEW, right? If they asked a real fan, they would. Instead, the one poor guy who forgot his question on live TV, and it was just like, wow, you're going to embarrass. It was a waste of a segment, all so that WWE could manage to say AEW, which I think they thought was going to get them extra play or whatever. Here's my thought. Mentioning AEW, while it was a moment for sure, they did nothing after it. Like, if they were smart, they would have punished Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn wouldn't have ended up in the main event. Somebody should have cut his mic. Vince should have come out. Somebody should have done something to at least act like you weren't supposed to do that. For instance, think about the pipe bomb, right? When the pipe bomb happened, they went a while and then they cut his mic. It was like, you're not going to, no, we're done, you know? So, I don't know. And the bigger question is what they do after this. Again, this is a WWE mistake that they did not make during 
the uh, Monday Night Wars. And to go back to an earlier point you made, Clack, about how AEW doesn't have WWE money, well, let's remember, WWE didn't have WCW money. And they won not by trying to out-money them, but by trying to out-content them. And, um, yeah, they got to be careful because for some of the rookie mistakes that AEW is making, they've made enough of a splash for people to want to come back and watch. GB, it's rare that you and I disagree on this, but WWE Raw was a hit, man. What? And here's what I'm going to tell you. The guys came out energized. I saw the guys more energized for Monday than I had seen in a long time. And you both can say what you want. This Brock party, I, 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 text, I text you guys two weeks ago. Yeah. And I told y'all two weeks ago, I said, this thing is real. Brock br- bringing it out and, and, and being so condescending to mm-hmm. make it a boombox. Mm-hmm which most kids don't know what a boombox is. Right. So it is his, I'm so unbothered by y'all, I can be I can be the me that I, that I can be at home. If I'm going to be here, if I'm going to get on a plane, I, I can be me. And then what shows that he's still him is slapping the snot out of Paul Heyman with them papers. <laughs> Did y'all see that? Yeah. yeah. He, smacked the, he smacked him up. Pop, pop, pop. <laughs> and Paul Heyman was like, what? What? <laughs> this Brock, l- let me tell you something. You know what Brock said? Brock said, I'm tired of y'all selling merch without me. I'm about to get my merch on, fam. Well, here's what's interesting. And he came me. out and did a Brock party. Well, and, and I'm intrigued by this. We've seen Brock Lesnar on WWE TV two weeks in a row, and he's not in a pay-per-view. Does this mean we're going to start seeing Brock on a regular basis in WWE? If, if we're going to see this Brock, even him talking on the mic was good. Right. In, this is what I'm saying, GB, is that the guys were invested. Clack, you can't tell me that you didn't see a newfound investment from the guys who were getting in the ring. They hadn't been that energized in forever. I, I agreed with you. I, I think that they were all in, no pun intended. I really believe that that Brock, believe it or not, had a new fire lit under him. But now, you know, you know the, the man lived in a tomb. He was dead. He's at least coughing now. Brock's, He's coughing. Brock's, Brock's inspiration has to do with the fact that he doesn't want to do MMA anymore because they won't take him. So he's like, well, if this is what I'm going to do, let me go ahead and do it. I don't believe that Brock is committed to WWE. I believe Brock is committed to his paycheck. Speculation. Not speculation. Courtney, you know how happy GB would be if Brock went to AEW? Actually, I wouldn't. I don't want to see Brock in a wrestling ring. Which, by the way, I have heard rumors that Brock may indeed retire WrestleMania 36. Wow. He should. I've heard that. He should. Bro, I mean, what, what more can he do? Yeah, he's not going to be do? Rock. He's not going to be Hogan. Nope. He will stand in his own land of saying, I was the one and only Brock Lesnar. But Brock seemed energized last night. Brock may make a very good GM one day. Oh, God, no. You, you see, you always take it too far. Oh, Nobody no, you're tripping now. No way. No, I'm <laughs> did, you hear, did you hear him on the mic last night? Listen, you are out of your mind. There is no way that Brock Lesnar... Oh, my God. That's why your Wi-Fi is breaking up. See? Because you're talking foolish. why does Courtney always have to take it just one step one too far? One step too far. I, he could have stopped, he and we'd been all right. Quit. He just – well, let's do this. We need to uh, run – 
talking. I haven't finished. I gave you your, your internet time. finished. Okay, that's what happened. Your I, I, internet I finished. We heard nothing else. <laughs> oh my internet! You getting ready to try to make mirth out of that? I gave you your time. Right. <laughs> How are you, Oh god. So, so let's do this. We're going to run very quickly to the SmackDown uh, recap, and then we're going to talk NXT. Uh, SmackDown Live took place last night at the BOK Center, not to be confused with the B2K. Yeah, well, anyway. All right, so that happened in Tulsa last night. Uh, Oklahoma, the, the home of Jim Ross, which it's weird not hearing a Jim Ross reference when WWE's in Oklahoma. But it started off with Kofi Kingston and Kevin Owens at verbal odds. They ended up having a great match where Kofi again defeats Kevin Owens. Heavy Machinery decided that they want to interrupt the promo from the Planets Tag Champions, Daniel Bryan and Rowan. I guess maybe they're number one contenders now? Eek. Yeah. Mandy Rose, who decided to show the world that she's on a brand new magazine, defeated Carmella, who I guess isn't money anymore. Then Shane McMahon had his appreciation night that was interrupted by uh, the European champ. I'm sorry, the 24-7 champ, R-Truth, who gets in, beats up on uh, the little guy. And then after beating up on the little guy, he would turn around and be defeated and lose his championship to Elias. Bailey defeats Lacey Evans. Why is Lacey on SmackDown? And then Roman Reigns and R-Truth defeat Drew McIntyre and Elias. And then R-Truth, after a Roman Roman Reigns spear, defeats Elias, regaining the 24-7 championship, becoming the first ever two-time WWE 24-7 champion. Guys, what did you think of SmackDown last night? I thought it was Energized. I thought it was Energized Part 2. The guys in WWE feel like there is hope. Vince will care again. We'll get good storylines again. The guys walked into it. It is the feeling you have. I hate to keep making church references, but stick with me. It is a feeling you have as a worship leader when you've gone to see Israel Holton the night before, and then you lead worship the next day, and you got a hangover from the night, and you're like, this is going to be amazing. The guys were re-energized. They looked good. The writing was strong. Everybody felt good. They better thank the lucky stars for the son, the grandson of a plumber who shed his blood <laughs> to make sure that there's life after death. <laughs> uh, clack, shed it, y'all. Clack, what shed you it. Shed it. Shed it. I agree with them. Uh, he shed it. SmackDown was energized for sure, no doubt about it. It wasn't Monday Night Raw though. Raw, Raw was just on ten, but it, it was definitely. I agree energized. with that. I agree. And I was happy to see Kofi uh, beat Kevin Owens. Co- Kofi, Kofi's the man. He's doing very well. Yeah, I, Kofi I, got to stop limping though. Kofi got to stop well, limping. We don't need you limping, fam. Just go down and walk on down regular. Well, I'm I'm enjoying Kofi's run as champion. Admittedly, I definitely am. Um, I, yeah. I'm, 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 you have unforgiveness. I don't have. have unforgiveness. I'm just not energized by what I see on Raw. I didn't or say we're Smackdown energized. Right you now. have to you have to admit that they look energized. We didn't say us. They don't. The look fan base. Ener- we said the wrestlers. They look energized to me. They do. Well, then they must have been like all the way dead because I just I I didn't oh, get dead. I didn't get any different energy from them 
than I did any other week. Like, I really thought they were going to. Now, let me say this. Let me back up and say this. I do think that there were a couple of quality matches that happened. I do think that there was some in-ring stuff that was fairly quality. But most of the stuff you could take or leave. Like, I used to feel a different way about SmackDown, but I don't. Now, I will say this. I think time will tell. You know what kind of difference uh, AEW will make to the main roster of WWE but again like our friend John Murray said in our text chat if they were serious about really trying to compete with AEW then that Ricochet Cesaro match would have been last uh, on Monday Night Raw because it was a great match you don't put great matches like that in the middle and then end with the same old same old like I, I just I don't get it but apparently it's not for me to get uh, what is for me to get, a WWE product that I'm enjoying, is NXT TakeOver 25, which is taking place this Saturday from the Webster Bank Arena in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Shout out to V. George Smith of the Remix, who I don't know if he'll be there, but it is in his backyard, and uh, not much comes there, so hopefully he'll be able to check it out. But uh, I want to kind of run through this card, see what you guys think. Before we get out of here, uh, you've got Matt Riddle versus Roderick Strong. The Velveteen Dream defends the NXT North American Championship against Tyler Breeze. A ladder match for the vacant NXT Tag Championships sees uh, Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan against the Street Profits, the Forgotten Sons, and Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. Shayna Baszler takes on Io Shirai for the NXT Women's Championship and on a rematch from uh, NXT TakeOver New York. Johnny Gargano defends the NXT Championship against Adam Cole. So, before we get your predictions, I know a lot of people have been asking about this, so we'll go ahead and let the cat out of the bag. Uh, from the first quarter of uh, the faction predictions, ranging from January through about April, your inaugural faction champion is Courtney Beard. Courtney Beard has won the championship. So now we're. I'm a, a prop. What? Yeah, so we're now in an official. We're well. We are. This starts the new competition. Uh, well, actually, we. I have to give you the money in the bank results, which I'll do next time. I wasn't prepared for it today, but let's add these results on and uh, see where we go. What are your thoughts on NXT Takeover Twenty Five? We'll start with the champ. God, I just called him the champ. Oh, you, you, you be quiet because the champ is here. And, and I will give my hyperbole now because you suckers couldn't predict worth a darn because you don't know nothing about wrestling. Oh, okay. You want to know how I feel about you, Courtney? Take no, the no, no, off no of one cares. No, no one cares. No one cares. You want to know what people care about? I gave you your time. Now be quiet. The champ is talking. <laughs> All right. Now, would you, like, would you like for me to steal your room? Okay, then. So now... Uh, as I was saying, I'm going to let y'all predict first. What? You're the champ. You go first. Okay, here we go. I think Johnny Wrestling walks away after the Adam Cole match champion. Guys, it, 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 listen now. Shayna Baszler got to stop choking this baby out. Okay? So, but I'm afraid. And I think, but but I am gonna go. It just doesn't fit. Twenty five. I okay. Shirai. Okay, I'm trying to understand half of what you're saying. There's a nasty echo. Ca carry on. 
for the I'm gonna go undisputed error. Okay. Velveteen Dream. And Roderick Strong over Matt Riddle. Right. And I will tell you, if I lose, I will dispute this because the internet is messing up my end. God. Well, we, we somewhat heard what you said. I mean, we're not going to confuse some of that. Okay, I can't tell if you did that on purpose or not. Clack, uh, your predictions for NXT TakeOver 25. I'm taking Velveteen Dream. I'm taking Baszler. Uh, I am taking Matt Riddle. I think Matt Riddle could really be something, and, and you all are going to be shocked. I think he would be even more amazing in AEW. I think you would be happy there. Hmm. Um, who's in the ladder match? You've got the Street Profits, Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan, Forgotten Sons, and Bobby Fish and Kyle, O'Re- Kyle O'Reilly of the Undisputed Era. Uh, yeah, I'm probably going to go with the Street Profits. Okay. And the title match between Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole. Mm. I really like Johnny Gargano, so I'm going to go with Adam Cole. All right, there you go. Uh, my predictions, I think we're going to see Gargano retain as champ. Um, I am going with Io Shirai as the women's champ. Um, I think the Street Profits are going to walk away as the tag team champs. I feel like it's just their time. Um, Velveteen Dream retains, and I'm going with Matt Riddle over Roderick Strong. So uh, we'll put this up against uh, what we've got with Money in the Bank. We'll have results for you guys next week uh, to see where we're looking at uh, for the championship, to see if Courtney defends his title successfully. The um, champ is here! Quarter. All right, well, we've got to go, guys. Uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed today's show. Here's how you can reach out to us by way of social media. Clack. I'd actually like to be kind and tell them how they can reach out to Courtney Beard. Here's how. <laughs> oh my God. That's how you can reach Courtney. Wow. So I'll do my Brandon J. Clack on all the social media platforms. And I already told you how to reach Courtney. Go ahead, GB. Tell them how to reach you. Wow. Uh, Courtney, would you like to add to how they can reach no 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 gb i already told them i told them where he is he's gone he's already there oh my gosh he's gone he's gone he's stuck oh boy well um uh He's gone. Unbelievable. You can reach me at Bonnerfied. Um, thank you guys for all your thoughts and prayers for the safe delivery of my son. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Uh, until then, it's Courtney, it's Clack, it's GB, and we are the faction. <laughs>